you didn't hear him say age before beauty. <laughs> James chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and later rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. I don't know about you, but I'm full. <laughs> and I mean full, which obviously I do with that a lot, but I'm full, but more than that, I'm just full because being with you and sharing in this time with you has just been an enriching experience to me, and I hope that it's been a blessing to you as well. But also, because I am physically full uh, right now, I'm going to try to keep this short. After going an hour and a half on the morning, I think I'll just do a little shorter this afternoon. Anybody have a complaint about that? Is that okay? All right, well, good, good. And try to stay awake. This will be good. Uh, you know, I, I, I love, you have so many good song leaders here, and you're such good singers. I heard somebody say, you know, I'd rather hear this congregation sing than eat. Well, I want to tell you something. I've heard you eat, and I, I would rather hear you sing too. I just, uh, <laughs> that's just the truth. But I love the way you sing. It's absolutely wonderful. It sounds great. It's a good thing. Thank you for sharing in this wonderful worship experience with us. You know, back in the days when you could still uh, quote scripture for memory work in school, maybe I should say back in the days where you still did memory work in school, they allowed you at times to use scripture. There was a little girl that did for her memory work Psalm 23. And she started out by saying, the Lord is my shepherd, that's all I want. And the teacher said she was wrong. But you know what? The more I think about that, the more that I think she's right. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want for rest, for he makes me to lie down in green pastures. I shall not want for peace, for he leads me beside the still waters. I shall not want for salvation, for he restores my soul. I shall not want for righteousness, for he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. I shall not want for courage, for yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I shall not want for companionship, for you are with me. I shall not want for comfort, for your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I shall not want for sustenance, for you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I shall not want for healing and celebration, for you anoint my head with oil. I shall not want for abundance, for my cup runs over. I shall not want for anything in this life, for surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall not want for anything in the life to come, for I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. If the Lord is your shepherd today, you're filled with hope. If the Lord is your shepherd today, then that hope leads you to understand that the best of your life, no matter how old you are and no matter what your circumstance may be right now, is in front of you, not behind you. We know that to those who love God, all things work together for good. For whom he foreknew, these he foreordained to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And whom he foreordained, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? 
If God is for us, who can be against us? He who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also together with him freely give us all things? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It's Christ who died, who also rose from the dead, who's also at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The best of your life is in front of you. I don't care if you're 99 years old and suffering with a heart condition and arthritis makes it hard for you to get out of bed. There's something you're looking forward to that's better. We rejoice in hope. We're patient in tribulation and constant in prayer. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Our hope gives us a reason for getting up every single day. And what a hope it is. You know, Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Paul talked about that day when he said, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we always be with the Lord. You and I are going home. I don't know what home means to you. I, I grew up in a really wonderful home. I, there was not a day in my life that I didn't know I was loved. Some of you may not have had that privilege, and I, I'm sorry for that. But I was, I was my mama's favorite. I'm sorry, it's really true. Uh, all of the others realized that, and they told her that. I can tell you that after my mom got dementia, my sister took her and a bunch of her friends out to eat one day, and she said, you know, Bill always was Mama's favorite. And my mother stood up, and she said, I'm so tired of you saying that. She said, I can't believe you're still saying he was my favorite. Bill is not my favorite, he's just the best. And I went, ah, <laughs> you know, there you go. Uh, but, but the fact of the matter is, I was loved all of my life, and I went straight from being loved by my family to being loved by Beverly so much she can hardly stand it, <laughs> you know? Uh, and it was, it's a wonderful thing to be loved like that. I'm loved by my kids. I, 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 I love that life. But I want to tell you something. Even if that were not true, I'm loved by my God more than any love I've ever known in all my life. And I'm headed home to where I can enjoy that forever. What an amazing thing it's going to be to be there with him forever. Between now and then, he's trying to make me look more like Jesus. Between now and then, he's got a work for me to do. But I do that work not because I think that everything is always going to work out just right in this life. I know that all things work together for good. But that doesn't mean that everything that happens to me is good. But I know that it will be ultimately. There's nothing that this life will cost me. There's nothing that I will sacrifice in this life that won't be repaid so far beyond it that this will be like nothing. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed toward us. We're headed home. 
when I, when I start home, I just want to tell you, when I have to be away from Beverly, uh, it's a hard thing for me. The longest I've ever been away from Beverly since we've been married was in some mission work in India. I had to be there, and I had to leave Beverly at home because the kids were still young enough that they were at home, and it was a difficult time for her, a difficult time for me, and I was in parts of India where there was no way to be in contact. No email, no phone calls, nothing. I couldn't get in touch with her. I'd been gone for, for a while. And uh, so on my way back, first of all, our pl we missed our flight. I'm really upset now. We missed our flight, and then we finally catch one in Mumbai, Mumbai and I'm able to fly to Frankfurt. And finally, when I get on the plane in Frankfurt to take off to come back to the United States, I look and there's a phone on the back of that, uh, on the back of that seat. And I said, I'm calling Beverly. The guy I was with said, don't do that. It's $17 a minute. I said, it's worth every penny. I'm calling Beverly. I called her up. She said, hello. I wasted $17 crying for the first minute, just talking to her. And I finally got to where I could talk. I have no idea how much that phone call ended up costing me. But I couldn't wait to get home. You and I are going home. I want to tell you, my mama died last year. And and I can't wait to see her again. Beverly's dad and her brother died within six weeks of each other just a few years ago. Her brother was my best friend. Her dad was my greatest mentor. I can't wait to see them again. Her sister lived in our house for the last several years of her life as she suffered with cancer that spread all over her body, including her brain. And I can't wait to see her again. I'm telling you, you and I are going home, and the closer I get, the more excited I get about it. Every day of your life is bringing you closer and closer to that, and I don't want you to miss it. Do you remember that statement in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, where Jesus says, Don't be afraid of those who are able to kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. There's some things in there that I really need to figure out in my life every day. Number one in those things is that the physical part of your body is not the primary part of your body. You are not a body that has a spirit. You are a spirit that for a temporary time has been given a house to live in, or as 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, a tent to live in. It was always made to be temporary. You and I are a spirit. You know what that means? That means that whatever happens to you physically is only important as long as it has spiritual implications. It means that when accident, death, disease, problems come up, those don't debilitate us because our spirit is still strong. Though the outward man is decaying, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're okay because we're going home. We have hope. John Quincy Adams, when he was old and in terrible health, had a friend pass him on the street of Boston one day and ask him how he was doing. And his, his answer was classic. He said, John Quincy Adams is very well, sir, very well. The house he's living in is dilapidated and old, and the owner is given word that he must vacate soon. But John Quincy Adams is very well. You and I are very well because we're headed home. We have hope. Don't let anything get between you and that hope. Don't let anything become more important to you than that hope. We're going home. I'm just going to tell you a story and then I'm going to end. I want you to imagine 
something for a minute. I want you to imagine a little baby in its mother's womb. And one day God speaks to that baby and says, you're going to have to leave here. And the baby says, leave here? Why would I want to leave here? It's soft and it's warm and it's quiet and I can hear my mother's heartbeat and every once in a while I can even hear her sing. Nothing could possibly be better than this. And God says, but if you don't leave here, you'll never see the love in your mother's eyes. If you don't leave here, you'll never see the pride in your father's face. If you don't leave here, you won't know what it's like to be three years old and running through grass and you get a stitch in your side and you just keep running for the pure joy of running. If you don't leave here, you won't know what it means to feel the wind in your face or see the blue in the sky. You won't know what it means to stand on the top of a mountain and look at the purple mountains in the distance. You'll never experience what it means to stand on the seashore and have the waves roll over your toes and have all that peace just wash into your life. If you don't leave this place, you'll never know love's first kiss. If you don't leave this place, you'll never know what it means to give your heart away to somebody that you'll spend the rest of your life with. If you don't leave this place, you won't know what it's going to be like to hold your own brand new baby. And the child said, what's blue? What's a sky? What's wind? What's a mountain? I don't know what any of those things are, so if it's okay with you, I think I'll just stay here. God smiled and said, no, you're going to have to leave. That's just the way it is. So the little baby says, will it hurt? And because God's honest, he said, yes, it will. But trust me and hold on because I promise you it will be worth it. And the day comes and the pressure is intense and the little baby cries out and said, I thought you loved me. And God said, I do. Just hold on. A few moments later, that baby is born into a world of sights and sounds and smells and experiences, colors and beauty that it's never, ever been able to imagine. And, and the baby looks at God and says, why didn't you tell me it was this beautiful? And God said, I tried. You just couldn't understand. Well, that little baby grew up until he was 80 years old. And one day, God spoke to him and he said, you're going to have to leave this place. And he said, leave this place? Why in the world would I want to leave this place? I have a wife that loves me. I have kids that are good and faithful. I have grandkids and great-grandkids. And I have some more on the way that I haven't seen yet. There are books that I haven't written, others that I haven't read. There are places that I haven't gone. There are things I haven't done. There's a lot of unfinished business here. So I don't want to leave. And God says, but if you don't leave this place... You'll never see those gates of a single pearl, streets of pure gold. If you don't leave this place, you won't know what it feels like to have every tear wiped out of your eye. You'll never have to go to another funeral again because death will be no more. If you don't leave this place, you're going to miss where everything is always fresh and new and nothing ever gets used and old. It will always be beautiful. And the old man said, listen, I don't know, but pearls and gold, I don't really need those anymore. I kind of got past wanting all that stuff. And when it comes to tears, almost all the wisdom I've gained in my life, I've gained through tears. I want to tell you that death is just part of the natural cycle, and I've learned to accept it in the people that I've been around most of my life. So if it's okay with you, I think I'll just stay here. And God smiled and said, no, you're going to have to leave. 
That's just the way it is. So the old man said, will it hurt? And because God's honest, he said yes. Maybe more than you've ever hurt before. But trust me, it'll be worth it. And the day comes, and the pain is intense, and the old man says, I thought you loved me. And he said, I do. Just hold on a few more minutes. A few minutes later, he's born into a world where he's young, all over again. Not a single pain in his body. Where everything is new and fresh. Where nobody ever hurts you, nobody would ever even want to. Where you're free to live and explore, and all the hurts and pains you've ever known in your life, he just wipes them away. Life is good and peaceful and strong. And for the first time in his life, he can sing on key. And he looks at God and he says, why didn't you tell me it would be this wonderful? God said, I tried. You just couldn't understand. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. It's better than you can imagine. Don't miss it. You and I need to keep our eyes focused on that hope. We are going home. I'm getting a little homesick, and I've never even seen the place. We're going home. Don't miss it. If you need to be baptized, if you need to come and ask for prayer, don't miss this hope. Come while we stand and sing. My hope is still